Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Well, let's see who took home. Let's the see award. who took to home. Be very proud, peacocky. Look at you. Look at things. By the way, look at the look at what's going on here with this. I, what, what, this is, I don't think this Good is a regulation outfit. Way. All right, there we go. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, fine. All right, I don't know what that was. Did I call HR? Did I just get hit by a peacock? Fantasy Playoffs MVP goes to Amon Ross St. Brown. Unbelievable. The committee can be bought. Yeah, we're saying it once again. The committee gets it right. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jake Croucher. Fellas, we are getting ready for the wild card round today. Yes. A lot of great matchups. Strange seeing you today, Matthew, without a right. scepter. Yep. Yeah. Sure. A little different attire. Yeah, or without my long flowing locks. Less decrees you, today. You weren't yeah, going to fly no, to Houston many decrees, in that? But I just, I will use this pen. I still, I'm still your champion. Okay. I for the next 365 days. You should have wore it on the flight. I might. It would have been interesting to say the least. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? A king sitting in first class from the scepter. Yeah, exactly. Phenomenal. Hello. (laughs) Oh man. I decree an extra bag of peanuts. What a few 48 hours since we've last been on. The entire landscape of football has changed in these 48 hours. Nick Saban obviously retires from Alabama, uh, from college football coaching, a historic run. Bill Belichick, they mutually part ways with the Patriots, which is where we're going to start. And I think the biggest surprise, or at least even with Saban, is Pete Carroll and the Seahawks not parting ways, but Pete being pushed into the corner in an advisory role for now. A very vague advisory role. Yes. That was the shocker to me was Pete Carroll. Like Again, like, surprised because there hadn't really been hints about Saban, but you sort of get it. You know what I mean? Like, again – and honestly, I think had they won the national title, I, I'd have actually put odds on. I bet you he rides off in the sunset. Yes. So that was the only question was. But, uh, but um, so, and Belichick had been rumored. There had been rumors that, you know, that he might be moving on. But Pete Carroll, who, look, I'm not the biggest Pete Carroll fan, but last year their win total was five. No. And they, I think they win. They went nine and eight and made the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I mean, with Geno Smith. Right, that everyone was just like, Gino. oh, you guys are left for dead. And. I thought Pete Carroll should have been, if not coach of the year, should have been in the finalist, and he wasn't. You know, it was all, you know, Brian Dayball ends up winning. and um, So, I think, and, you know, they were in the playoff mix until the very last week. You know, it's only, they lost out on the tiebreaker, but they won their last game. Like, they were, so, Pete Carroll, I'm very surprised given what he's done in Seattle is sort of being pushed out, it feels like. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard to make the case that he did a bad job either of the past two years. I mean, he had to... 
Geno Smith went down for a period. I mean, they, I think they just hit par this season. If you ask people before the year what you'd think about Seattle, it's like, all right, eight, nine team, yeah. probably finish second or third in the division. Uh, and that's what they ended up doing. So I guess it was just time there. Uh, Nick Saban as well. Uh, obviously, look, amazing career for Nick Saban. Uh, and I don't think anyone will remember the final play of his career. But it is funny. Like, sometimes not all coaches go out with their greatest ever moment. I think back to Phil Jackson, his last game, getting blown out by the Mavericks and Andrew Bynum clotheslining people. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, so to get that, to, to beat Georgia and win the SEC title, that was a fantastic moment for him. Uh, it's just a shame he couldn't go one step further. Right. So, legendary coaches drink free today. And we're going to talk more about all of them. But as you see here at the happy hour yeah. bar... The legendary coaches drink free. Let's go yeah, back to. I'm just curious. Do you guys know who that is? I'm curious if you guys know it's who Humphrey is. Humphrey Bogart. It's not Humphrey Bogart, Jay. Okay. I guessed it correctly. I'm just curious. Lombardi. Like a, that is not Lombardi. <laughs> I'm not a guess. That's Tom Landry. Okay. That is Tom Landry, okay. who is a legendary coach. He coached Absolutely. the Cowboys. Oh, I know everything yeah, about yeah, Tom yeah. Landry, but I just I didn't. Except to recognize. Yeah, I didn't get the. He actually the image. coached Methuselah. Yeah. Right. That sounds about right. Just I mean, look, listen. Saban, I think, Saban and Belichick retiring within basically 12 hours of one another or something like that. 14 hours is like sort of crazy. They've been linked together. They're close. There's kind of an Alabama pipeline to, to the Patriots there have been over the years um, as well. They're known to be close uh, in real life. And both of them were, we'll talk about Belichick here in a second, but, you know, Saban, I think you can make a very strong argument is the best coach in college football history. I mean, when you look at the run he had – it's hard to find a match to I mean, it, at I, least in this only, era. Not only the dominance, but the dominance in the SEC, right. which is as tough. I mean, like you know, it's not like dominating like the you know, Pac-12. Sorry, you know, like <laughs> right. whatever, or like whatever, or like the no. the AAC or whatever. Like it's it's the SEC yeah. like dominating dominating Georgia and Florida and you know, you know Texas A&M and you know Auburn all these years. You know the. And Kentucky and you know. to the end as well there was still this aura around Saban where I think everyone knew that Michigan probably had the better team but there was this sense that I oh, give Saban a month to plan for this one uh, and even like like Jalen Milrow who's had his moments he's not that good right. <laughs> the fact that they were able to get within one play uh which, by the way, I think was the correct play. It's just the snap screwed it all up. Uh, the fact that they were able to get that close, and then they probably, I mean, they probably would have won the national championship had, uh, had just one when play you, gone different. When you see what Michigan did to Washington in the yeah. next game, I mean, Alabama, I believe, is the only team that took them to overtime. Right. That took Michigan to overtime this year. Right, again. Well, if that punt returner for Michigan, if he, does, if he muffs the ball one right. yard further and goes into the end zone and it's a safety, and then all different. of a sudden Alabama are probably your national champions. Everything's Correct. Different. Correct, as well. Um, all right. So no, anyway, gr- a great run for I just want to mention Alabama just again because, you know, my kid is a freshman there. We got one year of Saban, and now, like, who knows? Yeah. And, but, you know, there's – so we'll see who uh, winds up being the new coach at Alabama. It's a pretty good gig. Roll Tide. Um, as for – do you want to talk about Pete or uh, – Let's Bill? go to Belichick because we are going to jump into Belichick giving a statement for the Patriots, kind of a sign-off statement. Him and Robert Kraft are speaking. They are not taking questions today, but they will have a statement in front of the media. So we're going to jump right into that right now. Good. All right, morning. Seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. Um. Uh, Robert and I, after a you know, series of discussions, have uh, mutually uh, agreed to um, part ways. And uh, for me, this is a day of um, you know, gratitude and celebration. Um, 
start with Robert and his family. Um, it's great. So much thanks for the opportunity to, to be a coach here for 24 years. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity. Um, received tremendous support. Uh, we had a vision of you know building a winner, building a championship football team here, and uh, that's exceeded, exceeded my my wildest dreams um, and expectations. Uh, the amount of success that we were able to achieve together, um, you know, through a lot of hard work and you know contributions of so many people. Um, so I'm very proud of that, and and um, I always have those those great memories. I'll carry with those those with me the rest of my life. Um, and of course, after uh, you know Robert, um, thanks to the assistant coaches. Um, you know, I've had so many great coaches uh, here. Uh, they've made my job uh, so much easier. Uh, it's a long list, but you know the amount of work, preparation, um, and diligence that they do. Um, every one of them. Um, and I say this about the players and the coaches, regardless of how long they were here, how many years they were here, how many years they coached, or what the position was. Um, you know, it was a great team effort, and, and everybody you know put everything they had into it. And, um, and that's why we were successful. So um, for the coaches, the support staff, um, it's an amazing staff here that, that supported me in every way. Um, all the scouting and all the, the football support people from equipment, training, uh, security, video, operations, um, uh, and so forth, right down the line, dining room. I mean, it's all, it's all first class. It's all, you know, extremely extremely good and um, you know special thanks to Bears and Nancy they've been here since day one and um, you know made my life a lot easier or I've made theirs a lot harder however you want to look at it um, but that's a uh, you know a big shout out to them and of course uh, a great great deal of thanks and appreciation to the players uh, players win games in the NFL and I've been very very fortunate to coach some of the greatest players uh, that have ever played some of the greatest players that have ever played for the Patriots some of them are already in the Hall of Fame uh, many more are going um, but again, regardless of how long any of the players were or weren't here, or what their role was, or or how many games they played, or even if they didn't win championships, um, you know, I respect the way the players come to work here on a daily basis. Uh, all of them, and I've coached, you know, well over a thousand. <clears throat> but their their ability to work, prepare, uh, train, you know, in the weight room, um, you know, train their bodies, uh, meet rehearse over and over again, you know, what we need to do things right to, to be successful to win. Uh, it's just I have so much respect for all the players, um, and certainly we've had, you know, many that have been here for a long time and, you know, had great contributions and, and uh, too many to name at this time. But, um, you know, great thanks to the players and um, to the media for you guys. I, I don't know that anybody's gotten more coverage than, uh, than I have or we have in the past 24 years. Um, you know, meet with you guys a lot. Respect what you do. Um, you know, you're a voice to the fans, and uh, even though we don't always see eye to eye all the time, most of the time, but not all the time, uh, I do respect what you do. And and uh, and finally, to the fans, um, you know, the fans here are amazing. Um, you know, there's so many memories of the fans. The the send-offs, uh, the parades, uh, the Sundays. You know, whatever the whatever the situations are, um, the letters of support, uh, the you know, seeing the fans, you know, away from here, you know, at a gas station or a grocery store, or, you know, where you bump into them, uh, Patriot fans here, and not just in New England, but uh, they extend nationally and even internationally uh, as I've traveled. Uh, it's amazing how far the the arm reaches. We saw that this year in in Germany. So, 
Uh, so appreciative of the fans for all the support they've given me, uh, my family, uh, and this football team. And uh, it's with um, just so many fond memories and, and uh, thoughts that I you know, think about the Patriots and, and I'll always be a Patriot. I look forward to coming back here. Uh, but at this time, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to move on. And um, I look forward and excited for the future. Uh, but always very, very appreciative of the opportunity here, the support here, uh, and, you know, the, what, Robert, what you've done for me. Thank you. Bill Belichick, a closing yeah. statement, his end of an incredible tenure with the New England Patriots, as you see here, 24 seasons as their head coach, a six-time Super Bowl champion, three-time coach of the year. The record speaks for itself here, guys. 266 wins, 121 losses. He was 30-12 and 12 in the postseason. That is the most playoff wins by a head coach. And that postseason record is specifically with New England. He did have one more postseason win with the Browns. 17 division titles, the most by a head coach in NFL history. Nine conference championships, most by a head coach since the Super Bowl era. Six Super Bowl championships tied for the most by a head coach in NFL history. The craziest stat to me that we just saw is that he only won coach of the year three times. How is that possible? Like he literally should have been coach of the year like every single year. I think he was actually a victim of his own success yeah. because everyone was it's like, ah, we, well, we already know Belichick's great. We already know the Patriots are great. They don't count. And so they would give it to some guy that, you know, had five wins the year before and took him to nine, whereas it literally just should have been the Belichick, uh, you know, award for whatever, the 24 years that he was there or something like that, the, the two decades. A uh, couple of, you know, uh, the, the Patriots, fantasy-wise, you know, up and down, obviously. We always struggled the with uh, the running backs. Like, that, if there's one positive of this. Ben Javis, Grain Ellis. Yes, <laughs> is that we'll finally know, hopefully, who the Patriots running back you want to start on any given week is. Lawrence Maroney. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got Lawrence Maroney, LeGarrette Blunt, Deion Lewis. You know, on and on and on it goes. Um, Jonas Gray for one beautiful Sunday. Shane Vereen out of the backfield. Shane Vereen oh, out of the backfield, of course. Uh, but how about... Tom Brady in 2007, 50 passing touchdowns, was the number one quarterback in fantasy. Gronk was a top, uh, top two fantasy tight end five of the nine years. He played under Belichick in New England. Randy Moss, 23 touchdowns in regular season. Wide receiver one, obviously, in 2007 as well. Wes Welker, three different times set the NFL, uh, not the record, but he was the leader in receptions. Wes Welker was in 07-09 uh, and 2011. To me, what I'll remember most about Belichick, two things. One is just all the different iterations of that Patriots team where you had the 07 team, which is the most explosive and, to my mind, the most dominant team of all time. And then the 2010 version was much more like dink and dunk with Brady when they lost the Randy Moss element. And then when they make it to the Super Bowl against the Eagles, they have the worst defense in the NFL. And then, other year, and then the first Patriots teams were these great defensive teams that had to grind oh, yeah. out these wins. And also the other thing, too, is... Uh, to me, the defining moment of Belichick's legacy was not calling timeout in that Seattle Super Bowl before they yeah. ran the final play. And in the moment, I thought that was crazy. I thought that, you know, he, he's just lost his mind here. That he's just had a complete brain fade. But it seems like he saw something in that moment with what was happening on the Seattle sideline with how they were lined up. Uh, and they won the Super Bowl as a result. So They had practiced that play. That it, Malcolm Butler had been burned on that play in practice yeah. that week. And so... They saw that that was coming, and he was ready. And then, of course, Butler just you know makes an unbelievable play, and Patriots win that Super Bowl. It's interesting whether it's that one. I agree with you, but I mean, twenty-eight-three down, twenty-eight-three to the Falcons yeah. in the Super Bowl as well. You know, sort of uh, 
sort of unbelievable as well. Just, I'll give you a quick story. This is like, I'm going to give you a quick Belichick story, and it's not my story. But I remember talking to Teddy Bruschi, you know, a great Patriot legend as well, you know, and my friend and former colleague over at ESPN. And I remember asking Bruschi about Belichick. And this is the story Bruschi told me, so I'm stealing Teddy's story, but I never played for Coach Belichick. Not yet. But he told right. me his second, like his second week on, on the, you know, he's a rookie. And it's like their second week, I think, or something like that. It's their first away game, whatever that was, his rookie year. And he comes out of the practice field and he's sort of looking around. He's like, where's the, where's the play clock? Where's the play clock? And his position coach says, oh, it's, it's up there in the corner because the stadium we're playing at, they have their, their play clock all the way up in the corner, not underneath the, uh, you know, not down below where we have it or where most teams do. He goes, and that was Belichick. He's like, that was, like, right. that, that, that was Belichick's decision to practice the entire week moving the play clock on their practice field so that they got practice just looking up in the corner. Like just, and that was Teddy's point to me is, is like, he's like, listen, I, there was, there were plays that I didn't make. He goes, but there was never a time on the field where I wasn't prepared for what I saw. I was never surprised on the field. There, there's times where I didn't make the play, but I was never surprised. We were always so well prepared. And I, I just think that story, which is so small, yeah. but that's crazy. Like, who thinks of moving the play clock yeah. because of where you're right. going to play? No detail miss. Right. No detail, every detail matters. And so, I mean, like, that's the brilliance of Belichick is just, you know, just the minutia, right? You know, yeah. every single thing. Yep. And as we project forward as to whether he remains in the league, which I suspect he probably will, yeah. I think there's this idea that Belichick has lost his fastball and he's not the same guy anymore without Brady. Like, I still think he's a fantastic defensive coach. Like, think about what he did towards the end of this season. With that defense, where they were an elite defense to close the season, the best run defense in the league, they ended, Den they ended Russell Wilson's tenure uh, for the Den Denver Broncos, effectively. He put Josh Allen in the blender two weeks ago. Josh Allen could do nothing against that Patriots defense in Buffalo, so I hope that he ends up in a place where, you know, he has Justin Herbert as his quarterback or something. He's not stuck in these Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones situations and he's focused on building a great defense. That'll be the key, right? I mean, because it's, it's you know, there it's been hit or miss with Belichick as a personnel guy. Yep. But, I mean, no one can question the coaching acumen. He's, he's hinted that in the right situation he'd be willing to, you know, relinquish some control over personnel and just focus on the coaching. But I agree with you. Like, I think... I think that Patriots team with a competent quarterback yep. is, you know, right. right there in the mix. It's an eight or nine win team. You know, it's like it's not great, but like. And also, we view Mac Jones now as this kind of write-off and this disappointment. Belichick took him to the playoffs uh, and was like in the box seat to win the division. Mac Jones's rookie year, so he needs to. If we're going to punish his reputation now for what's happened with Mac Jones, we have to give him credit for what he did in that first year. It'll be fascinating to see kind of where he goes right. and, and what he does. Um, he definitely wants to coach. The, the commanders are one of the teams that have been rumored, uh, although I just saw a report just literally before we came on air saying that they're not interested. Who knows? The Falcons, you know. Um, I, was on a, I was on a show the other day, uh, guesting on a show, and uh, they asked us to make predictions a year from now kind of thing. And one of the other co-hosts said, a year from now, uh, Bill Belichick leads Justin Fields and the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> to the NFC South title. I well, was just like, all right. Courtesy of our friends at DraftKings, we actually have odds of okay. the next oh. landing spot for Bill Belichick. The Falcons are the favorite per DraftKings right now, followed by the runner-up, very close runner-up at plus 175, not a head coach in the NFL. I... I don't think he's going out like this, fellas. I would want nothing to do with that. Chargers, plus 400. Commanders, Matthew, 
uh, plus 500 there, and then the field is at plus 800. The Titans sneak on there as well. They've been requesting interviews with everyone. If you are in... It seems weird that they would get rid of Rabel to bring in Belichick. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, like, it, I don't think it's the them. reason they're that But the Chargers the are interesting, interesting, especially because, you know, the Chargers have been the team that's been most rumored to Harbaugh, yeah. for Harbaugh to leave Michigan. Jim, of course, not John. Uh, and I think the Chargers might be the most attractive open job uh, in the NFL right now because you've, you've got Justin Herbert, right? And you've, you've got Joey Bosa. Like, you've got some pieces there in, uh, in L.A. So I think it depends on what the Spanos family wants to do there, whether, whether they can get Harbaugh out of Michigan. If Har- you know, Michigan's going to throw the Brinks truck at, uh, uh, you know, back up the Brinks truck, as it were, uh, to keep Harbaugh. So we'll see. It'll be um, really interesting there. I will say this, and you might, guys might call me a homer. I think Seattle's a good opportunity as well. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Commanders. The Commanders have $80 million in cap space. Sure. The number two overall yeah. pick. They have five picks in the top 100. Yep. And they have legit pieces on even getting rid of Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat. But they have Deron Payne. They have Jonathan Allen. They have Terry McLaurin. They have Jahan. They have some pieces on that team. It is not like... I don't think it's the second. I don't think talent-wise, it's the second-worst team in the NFL, even though they're picking second. Yep, that I mean, would be my argument. I mean, what needs to dictate all of the attractiveness of a given uh, coach opening? It has to be the quarterback situation. It has to be Justin Herbert. It has to be one surely, and then Caleb Williams, Drake May is two. Right. right? That's yeah. exactly what it comes yep. down to, Jay. Yep. Is that you have the opportunity to take a top quarterback in this draft? You yeah. can't say that about a lot of open jobs right now. I mean, Seattle right now is. Which is oh, Geno's resurgence is a bit nice. Fine, but, right, right, but, but this, you know, you kind of shrug yep. at that. And obviously uh, what plays into all of this is that the Bears are keeping Matt Eberflus in 2024. That would have been a job. This that was, would have been I don't know if that's the right call. Yeah, I mean, well, it's <laughs> interesting. Well, it just depends on what you do with, right, whether you, what you do with Justin Fields. and you. It's interesting, though. Um, Courtney Cronin, uh, who covers the Bears, really qu- she, she had a really great thread about this, which is just like they need to ex- – by keeping Eberflus and getting rid of Getze, their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, they – in essence, what they need to now do is they basically commit to Eberflus for a number of years. They need to give him an extension because they're not going to get a good offensive coordinator – with a lame duck coach. Like, if they're just like, Iberflus, you got one more year, like, who's going to come? And by the way, Justin Fields, this is going to be like his third coordinator in the last four years yeah. or something like that. Yeah, these way. are all Courtney Cronin's thoughts, yeah. but I agree with them. They're completely right. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do if, if they bring in, if they extend Iberflus, bring in an offense coordinator, and then move on from Fields as well. And take yeah. somebody, he can learn somebody else's offense. We'll, We'll take Drake May or, or Caleb Williams. Yeah. Or Jaden Daniels. I've seen I've heard people argue Jaden Daniels should be one of the first two quarterbacks to go. There are the opinions will be mixed. He is absolutely in play for teams as a top two quarterback in this draft. Yep. I think that's the idea that the Bears had a good season. Like their win total seven and a half and they went seven and ten and they completely no showed the last game of the season uh, against the Packers with their playoff hopes, uh, Green Bay's playoff hopes on the line. So I don't know. I think and also there's just so many good coaches available, so Right. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on all of these openings throughout the offseason here on the Happy Hour. But with that, let's jump into our wild card round preview. Matthew, you are flying to Houston for this one. Browns. As soon as the show is over, I'm, I'm, yes. uh, I'm putting on the wig and the robe. Get on the plane. And, uh, heading to first class. That's right. The Demanding spread. extra peanuts. For this one, opened with the Browns being favored by a point and a half. They are now two and a half point favorites on the road to the division-winning Texans right here with uh, the point total set at 44 and a half right now. 
Obviously, uh, some high-octane passing offenses in this game, Matthew, which is crazy to say about a rookie quarterback and a guy that we thought was done in Joe Flacco. For sure. I mean, that's going to be – like, this is a – I think it's a – I'm so thrilled to be going to the game. I'll be on Football Night in America from that game as well. I'll be on all Football Night in America, of course, the whole – we've got the whole weekend uh, – We've got this game, then we've got the uh, Bills and um, not the the Dolphins and Chiefs Peacock on Sunday night. That's Peacock, Peacock exclusive, exclusive yep. uh, show uh, game, and then of course we've got uh, the Sunday night game, the Rams and the Lions, which I think is the best game of the weekend uh, on the slate here. But what a fascinating story, right? You've got C.J. Stroud, this rookie quarterback, which you know has exceeded expectations and just been unbelievable. Is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year against Joe Flacco, who two months ago was sitting on his bench. Like in the Jets, uh, sitting on his couch. The Jets were like, you know, we're good when Rodgers went down. And Flacco right. was like, I know the offense. I'm available. And the Jets were like, no, no, we're, we're good. I, he would have lasted four plays behind the Jets. Yeah, to be fair. He's not up in this <laughs> So maybe it's best for him that they said we're good. Probably uh, factually correct here. But uh, I think the guy that's going to be the most benef- – uh, that I like, I like the overs on his props and that I think he's worth spending up for a little bit in DraftKings if we're playing DFS this weekend at $6,800, it's Amari Cooper – who in the three games with uh, Joe Flacco, his last three games, he's got a 29% target share, right? So just as we do this, um, as we do sort of the wild card playoff, uh, you know, it just we're talking about sort of we're going to do this a couple different ways. And you see there, you see Devin Singletary as well. He's just the 12th most expensive running back on the slate. He's had 80% of the team's running back touches over the final four games as well. He's just 5,700. Nico Collins, seven receptions, at least seven receptions in each of his last five games with C.J. Stroud. I haven't looked yet. It says, what's his prop? His prop's probably five and a half receptions. Nico Collins? Yeah. I'll take a look. You'll take a look. Sounds about right. Real quickly, just to sort of talk about what we want. We're going to talk about all the playoff games here as we watch some footage of Nico Collins because he's very, very good. Uh... Look, we're gonna like we're gonna talk about DraftKings. You know, they're a sponsor of our show. If you want to play DFS this weekend, it's a lot of fun as well. We're also gonna sort of talk about uh, sort of the uh, sort of the playoff pools. We'll, yeah, we're gonna come, that's gonna come up as well. We're gonna give you some advice in that. Yeah, after our first break, we'll actually show rankings of fantasy players for the playoff pools, and we'll get into a little bit more how the format works because you're also drafting based on how long a guy's gonna be able to play. Correct. Yeah. So while we'll do the so, previews, we'll get to that for sure. Um, just quickly, Nico yes. Collins, he has set of five and a half receptions. I think just macro with this Give game. Give me the over. Yeah, I, I agree. I think macro with this game, there's a lot of thought of, well, Joe Flacco is the experienced quarterback and CJ Stroud's a rookie playing his first playoff game. Like, it's a massive advantage at quarterback for the Houston Texans in this game. Like, I'm sorry, CJ Stroud is significantly better than Joe Flacco. And CJ Stroud hasn't played in the playoff game. What was last Saturday night against the Indianapolis Colts? That was a playoff game on national television with everything on the line. Uh, and now it's a tougher matchup going up against the Browns. But I don't know. Having watched a lot of this Cleveland team, I still think that it, the reckoning is coming for Joe Flacco at some point. He could have thrown five interceptions against the Jets. Yeah, that's true. This is, I, I don't have a great feel for this game. Like, I know the, the Browns are favored. I would probably, if I had to pick one, I'd probably take the Texans and the points just to, like, yeah. you know, because they're the home team. And, like, but... Uh, the defense is so good, but boy, oh boy, D'Amico Ryan. I mean, Stefanski's coaching his ass off, but so is D'Amico Ryan's, right. and they're going to be fired up. Uh, anyway, I can't wait for the game, but uh, Cooper, Singletary, and Nico Collins are the players we like the most from this particular game on DraftKings. And it's no coincidence. Everybody wants to interview Bobby Slowick right now, the Houston Texans offensive coordinator. He's been so there for one year. He's been there for one year, and he but already he's is done, getting head He's done an unbelievable job, even without Tank Dell. I mean, you know, like, it's it's been Nico Collins right. and, like, you know. 
be nice RB3s. if they could throw the ball a little more uh, on Saturday. No more, no more run, run, pass, please, Bobby. That was yeah. painful on Saturday night. Yes, it was. Well, a game that might have some run, run, pass because it feels like it's going to be minus 30 degrees in Kansas City when the Dolphins come into town. What a difference if you live in Miami and then you travel to Kansas City in this game where the Chiefs opened as three-point favorites. They are now four-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is already plummeting here, Jay. It was 47-and-a-half at open. It's now 44. I with still the, like the under. With the expected weather, do you, you expect the – yeah, do you play the under as well here? Well, the other factor is the wind, which is going to be significant looking at 16-mile-per-hour winds. I think the other thing about this game is that the Dolphins, we forget about this because Tyreek is such a phenomenon and their explosive downfield passing game. Like, they are an elite rushing offense, and that's where they had their success against Buffalo. Kansas City don't have a great rush defense, so if you're looking to bet this game, I'd be looking at, like, same-game parlays of taking the overs on. We've got to figure out the running back situation for the Dolphins, but basically rushing overs, Dolphins cover, total under. Like, I think that is the pathway for the Dolphins to win this game. I think they will have success on the ground. I, it, but I think on both sides of the ball, right? I think Isaiah Pacheco is as well. Yep. I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to get a ton of work as well. Uh, like the overrunners receptions prop, by the way. I mean, just again, uh, no Jarek McKinnon. You talk about wins. You can see them dumping off. Pacheco just plays so much. He's had at least 20 touches in four of the past five games. He's scored in each of his last four games. He's only 6,400, as you see there. He's, he's the seventh most expensive running back on the slate. I think he could have a monster game. Again, the the, the Dolphins are not a great run defense. They They aren't. I mean, they've been so beat up, you know, Phillips and Chubb are out. Like the whole, their whole defensive line has just been decimated by injuries as well. And so uh, Pacheco uh, is somebody that I think has a really big game here. Uh, Tyree Kill on the other side of the ball here. He's going to see some luxurious need. I think I might take the under on Tyreek Hill again, given the weather, given the given the weather, given the uh, you know, given the fact that you know, if ever there was a team that would know what Tyreek Hill is capable of and maybe ways to slow him down potentially, right. it, will be, uh, it will be the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, the expectation is they're going to be listed as questionable, but Mike McDaniel said Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert both practice. They've gotten through practice so far this week without any setbacks. They're officially going to be listed as questionable, but the expectation as we sit here today is that they will play. Yep. Tyreek is set at 85 and a half receiving yards. That's about 10 yards lower than he normally is. Also, I like the Dolphins plus four and a half in this game, which I say with some reticence because the Dolphins do not perform in these big games typically. But think about this. Or on the road. When is the last time the Chiefs played a game that made you feel good about them? Because I think you have to go back to week seven when they blew out the Charges. Because I I don't think any game has been impressive from them since then. I don't think the offense is getting fixed. I agree. And I was also going to say, like, when was the last time they blew somebody out? You know, that real opponent when they, you know, and so... I mean, it's like the Raiders in Week 12, but even then they were down 14 nothing in that right. game, and it was a slog. So it's it just has they're just not that great at the moment on offense, and we still have Mahomes in our head, and maybe has another gear in the playoffs, and they should be favored. But four and a half points is a lot. Yeah, and I think the most important thing about this game, if I can just take one moment here, is to just thank Matt Casey, who uh, who oversees Football Night in America here at NBC, because my buddies Jack Collinsworth. Rodney Harrison and Tony Dungy, they will be at this game. But Matt Casey is sending me to Houston where it's indoors. They knew. So I love you, Matt Casey. Thank you so much, Matt Casey. You did your boy a solid here as well. I'm indoors in Houston. Jack, Rodney, and Tony are going to be like freezing their Yes, Matty Matty don't like the cold. Matty has never liked the cold. No, no. No, absolutely not. You actually would have needed the wig oh. just to keep your neck and face. Dude, and the scepter. Dude, it would, have, yeah, it, would have been, uh, it would have been brutal. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Jack Rodney, Rodney. So, thank you, Matt Casey, for not sending me to 
As much as I love Kansas City, it's a wonderful city, but not to be on the sideline there. Staying in the AFC, the that Steelers. That on Peacock, by the way. The Steelers. It's a, it's a, it makes a great holiday gift for the Swifties oh, in your there family. You go. Yes. If you bought, forgot to buy somebody a holiday gift, it's <laughs> still time. So, Steelers. Steelers. <laughs> the Bills. Early Valentine's Day present. <laughs> opened up as nine-point favorites. It's only gotten bigger. They're currently ten-point favorites in this game. You want to talk about a total plummeting here, Matthew. This total opened at 43. It is now inching towards what I like to call the Iowa Northwestern line. It is yeah. at 35 and a half right now. Yeah, well, it's two. I mean, two defenses have played really well recently. Two offenses that have struggled. We also don't think this will be great weather as well. It's not going to be Kansas City, but it's not going to be great. Mason Rudolph on the road. Possible snow. At, yeah, by the way. possible snow. Possibly. You know, kind of like the the Bills defense, right? Steelers have the lowest implied team total this week, like 13, 13 and a half points as well. Uh, it looks snow's possible. There's going to be high winds, frigid chills. I mean, it's Buffalo in January, guys, you know, as well. Uh, worth noting, the Bills have the fourth most sacks this year on the NFL. So I kind of like the Bills' defense as a play on DraftKings this week. I don't know that I love anyone else from this game. Yeah. The big thing here is 23-mile-per-hour winds as well uh, with uh, very cold temperatures. And talk about the big winners out of last weekend, the Bills obviously getting two seed, uh, the Texans getting into the playoffs, winning the division. Another big winner, NBC. Because it was looking like it was going to be Chiefs, Mason, Rudolph right. as the Peacock game for a second. And now it's Tyreek Hill going back to Arrowhead, which I think is perhaps a better game. But Much better game. I don't, yes. know, I don't know what's going to happen in this game, but I do know that it is very likely the Buffalo Bills are going to play with their food in this one. And it's going to be Mason Rudolph feeling like, oh wait, it's the Steelers who have been completely outplayed all game. They're driving to tie it uh, with three minutes left. It feels like that is coming. But uh, ultimately, you think the Bills will just have too much. The talent imbalance is so great. When in fact, in a, it was already great, and now TJ Watt is out for the game, oh. too. So, uh, Mason Rudolph's been a great story so far. I've watched the games. I don't think that Mason Rudolph uh, yeah, is as good as his stats have been today. The Bills, you're right, they, they, they sort of... Like, screw around. They screw around. I was going to say, say, say something else, but yeah, they screw around. <laughs> uh, they do, they screw around. I mean, honestly, like, if it wasn't for a couple of um, delay of game penalties... They very likely lose to Skylar Thompson at home last yes, year against right. the Dolphins. People I mean, forget. Right? You know, I mean, people forget that, that like, you know, everyone was just like, oh, Skylar Thompson, third string quarterback. He's got no chance against the Bills. And like, they were a couple of delay of penalty games yeah. on that final drive from getting, you know, winning that game. And so the Bills just sort of like, I, all year team. long, they've. They're a team that lives in the image of their quarterback, where it is so up and down, and it is mostly very good, and that's why they're the third favorite for the Super Bowl and the second seed in the AFC. But Josh Allen will have these moments, and I'm sure that you know he's going to throw it to Minka Fitzpatrick once or something. So still, they are 10-point favorites. The talent imbalance is so great in this game that you'd expect that they would win. It's gone down to 35.5. You've taken the under still? I'm tempted by it. The only thing there is that I think that if there is one quarterback in NFL history who is immune to 25 mile per hour wins, it is Josh Allen. I would of the way that. that he re- think back to that that absurd game against the Patriots a couple of years ago, where Mac Jones had three pass attempts, and yes. Josh Allen's just flinging it, just yeah, like it's normal conditions. So yeah, I might lean the over there. I do think the Steelers will be intent on running the ball a lot though, which will burn the total. Yes, down. your guy Najee. Yes, the, look at that. The season's <laughs> over, and yet he's still carping for Najee Harris, Jay Croucher. Hey, he's the heartbeat of that offense. It's a playoff <laughs> offense. We move over to the NFC, a nice indoors game. The Packers travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, who have been an absolute beast at home all season. This opened at 7.5. It stays at 7.5 in favor of the Cowboys. The total's gone up a little bit. This opened at 48. It's currently at 50.5. 
I mean, Matthew, we got Jordan Love, Dak Prescott, two offenses that could throw the heck out of the ball playing indoors. This will feel very different from the last two games we talked about. It really will, obviously. And I think the key to this game will be, can Green Bay run the ball? Because the, the Cowboys' defense obviously is good, but they're not elite. And you can run on Dallas. Like, that's the one thing. So if they need a big Aaron Jones game is what they need. They need a big game from Aaron Jones. They need to be able to block. They need to be able to slow Dak Prescott of the offense down enough so that they can continue to run. Uh, but I kind of like the Packers plus seven and a half in this one as well. Uh, in terms of DraftKings picks, my guy Aits, CeeDee Lamb. You guys call him CeeDee Lamb. I call him Aits. But come on, like 12 straight games with at least 16 fantasy points. I'm willing to pay up for him. He's $9,000, but I'm willing to pay up for him. He's had nine straight games scoring at least one touchdown. Six straight games with uh, double-digit targets. They'll move him around a lot. I don't think he'll see Alexander the whole game. Uh, so... Uh, C.D. Lamb, I think, is somebody that's pretty interesting. And, I, and you heard me talk about Aaron Jones. I prefer Aaron Jones. I'd rather pay the extra $200 for him than Tony Pollard. Six red zone touches in three of the last four for Aaron Jones. Three streak games with at least 20 touches and 130 total yards. Again, the key to them winning this game will be slowing down Dallas and running on the road. Yep, I agree with that. At the same time, though, Jordan Love's passing prop in this game is 248 and a half. Like, they're seven and a half point dogs in a dome against the team that in the Cowboys, yes, they have a good pass defense, but also we've seen, like, Deron Bland and Stephon Gilman, they can get burned. Yes. Think about what Geno Smith did to them. Uh, you can think about how Jared Goff marched down the field against them in that final drive in the Detroit game. So Jordan Love has gone over this number in seven of his past nine games, and now he's in what should be a good game script because the Cowboys are going to score. The Cowboys yeah. are going to score a lot in this game. The Packers' defense is drawing dead against Dak Prescott the way he is playing. So 248 and a half. It feels like his number has been low all season, uh, and I think that he'll go over. By the way, and you think about that Cowboys secondary, to your point, Gilmore's banged up. But uh, the other thing is is that their slot, uh, Lewis, Lewis Lewis is by far the weakest. So, Jaden Reed, I think Jaden Reed has a big game in this one as well because that's where you attack Dallas is the middle of the field. Like, again, Jordan Lewis is the weak part of that secondary. And so I do think Jaden Reed, who keeps, you know, impressing – Jaden Reed is somebody I think is pretty interesting as well. One of the best games of the entire wildcard slate, Rams at Lions, storylines galore. and of course Also on NBC. Also on NBC. NBC did pretty well going into this weekend. Uh, I mean, this is the story of the quarterbacks here, guys, that were literally traded for each other. Obviously, Stafford has already won a Super Bowl for the Rams, but for Jared Goff, this one would feel extra sweet. At home, Detroit, they are... Favored by only three points now. It opened at five. The total has stayed at 51.5 here, Jay, in one where both these secondaries really can't stop anyone this year. No, you almost can't make this total high enough, and it's 51.5. I might still lean over at that number. And we spoke about this the other day. This is being billed as the Matthew Stafford game. No, this is the Jared Goff game. He's the guy that they got rid of, and then they won the Super Bowl almost immediately after. Uh, and this is a game for Jared Goff's legacy. Matthew Stafford is a made man. He won a Super Bowl. This is all about Goff. To me, his passing prop uh, is set uh, currently on DraftKings at 259 and a half. I think the key here is that the Detroit defense, as a passing defense, just they have no prayer of stopping Stafford. I think the Rams defense has shown a little bit more. The emergence of Kobe Turner, Aaron Donald right, is going to be the Donald's best player still. on defense yeah. in this game. Though Aiden Hutchinson is starting to kind of get to that level a little bit. So this is going to be a shootout. I think fantasy-wise, it's just a fiesta for everyone involved. I would agree. I mean, I'm willing to pay the $8,000 for Amon Ross St. Brown, my ride or die as well. He's, he's 8000 on DraftKings as well, especially given that you know we don't expect Sam Laporta to play in this game. Uh, and so just 
to your point, they're going to have to be throwing a ton. Rams gave up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers during the regular season. He's had at least six receptions in 13 of the 16 games. He's played 30% target share for the Sun God this year as well. Gibbs, uh, Gibbs will be involved in the passing game as well. And then, of course, other side of the ball, Puka, look, lines a lot of the second most fantasy points to wide receivers during the regular season. Kyron Williams had at least 22 touches in all six games since he returned from IR. We expect them to be in uh, scoring position early and often as well. So this is a, certainly a game to target for uh, for DraftKings, for for uh, for certainly for, for contests that take place just on this week. Obviously, one of these teams is going to lose, and so you don't want to load up on them if you're in one of those pools where it's players for the entire weekend. But for this week, uh, this, is, this is a game to target. Our final game, the Eagles travel to Tampa Bay. And listen, this was a tough finish of the year for the Eagles, but they're still favored in this game by three points. The total, not much moving. It opened at 45. It's currently at 44. We know the Eagles are dealing with all kinds of injuries. Baker kind of limped to the finale here, Matthew. I think this is a... But you, we open this with Browns Texans. It's a tough game to figure out. I feel like this is the NFC version of that. It certainly is. I mean, obviously, to your point, like the Eagles limp into the playoffs, right? They, their defense can't stop anyone as well. But Baker's not a hundred percent as well. It's not like the Buccaneers inspire a ton of confidence. They didn't blow out the Panthers, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. And so uh, this could be uh, this could be kind of an ugly slugfest. We also don't know, by the way, AJ Brown, the, the health of AJ Brown or Devontae Smith in this game. Jalen Hurts just hasn't looked right all season long as well. Baker's less than 100% as we've talked about. If I have to pick a couple of guys here, we'll, I'll just say that Jalen Hurts, while he has not looked right, it's worth noting, he's had at least 18 fantasy points in all but two of his full games this year. He has not gone consecutive games without a rushing touchdown this season, excluding week uh, 18. So uh, he didn't score a rushing touchdown last week. So, you know, again, you figure he'll get uh, again in the end zone here and then no team allows more fantasy points to opposing wide receivers than the Philadelphia Eagles. Mike Evans, who has the second most yards, and you know, you know, he's just whatever. Mike Evans, sixty-nine hundred dollars, and well worth the money. Stream the Dolphins versus Chiefs in the Peacock Wild Card exclusive Saturday at eight p.m. Eastern Time, only on Peacock. Only for a limited time, get one year of Peacock for twenty-nine ninety-nine. Sign up now at peacocktv.com/nfl. Terms apply. We're taking our first break. When we're back, a little who's eating good, and we're also going to talk fantasy playoff formats for those that want the season to roll on. It's an interesting one here. <laughs> yeah. Selena, Selena telling t- Taylor the Chiefs playoff game is on Peacock. And she looks surprised. She looks surprised. Yeah. There you go. That's right. Ecstatic. But you know what? Taylor Swift can afford the 30 bucks. Yes. It's Quite 30 easily. bucks a year. Come on. Quite easily. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Interested in betting the games this weekend and want a lot a little more insight? Jay and Drew Dinzik have you covered with Bet the Edge, with new episodes dropping every weekday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Whether you're targeting spreads and totals, looking for value in futures markets, or circling player props, Jay and Drew have you covered. Who's eating good? Of course, served by Applebee's and a little different this week, Matthew, as we jump into some fantasy playoff formats. For people who have never played before, how does the format work? Look, there's a lot of different versions of it, obviously, but the, the, the most common one that we've heard is some version of pick a player from every team. Um, and sometimes you can, you know, you can you, you have to, maybe it's a couple quarterbacks or some flexes, but usually there's positional requirements. Pick, you know, like I'm in one where it's like pick two quarterbacks, four running backs, four wide receivers, three flexes, you know, a couple of defenses, um, etc. Ultimately, you have to use one player from every team that's in the playoffs and then there's like two teams that you're allowed to double up on. And so obviously the strategy here is not only maximizing points, but trying to figure out in terms of whether you, where you're doubling up, who's going to extend further into the playoffs, right? And the, you know, the, the, um, you know trying to use the players, uh, you know, the, the higher scoring players, the cool quarterbacks, on the, you know, the, the, uh, the teams that you feel like will go yeah, further in the playoffs. You probably want to, don't want to load up on Pittsburgh Steelers, given they right. have 10-point dogs in round one. It's the anti-J yes. strategy. Yeah, which yeah. kind of kills me. Right. right. my kind of uh, physical compulsion to take Najee Harris in every draft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's look at so the, here are rankings. Yeah, let's We've look at the top fantasy players here. And no surprise at number one, Christian McCaffrey. Then C.D. Lamb and Josh Allen there at two and three, Matthew. Feels like not only are they great fantasy players, but... They also have some phenomenal matchups in the opening round of the playoffs that probably gives you some longevity hope with those guys. Yeah, for sure. You know, and listen, the Cowboys, you know, likely win this game, go to San Francisco, you know, ultimately one wind up in San Francisco, and, and they got a shot at the Super Bowl. And my guy Eights, you know, during the regular season, he was the second-best wide receiver in fantasy. He led the NFL in receptions, 12 straight games with 16 fantasy points. There's just such a high floor there with CeeDee Lamb. And same with Josh Allen. Again, they're the number two seed. Um, ultimately, they, they won't have to leave Buffalo until the final game, which they would have to go to Baltimore, assuming the Ravens win, win out as well. And so Allen, who was the number one quarterback in fantasy during the regular season, and obviously since Joe Brady took over, they're using his legs so much more. Yep. I will say, just as a general rule, uh, two seeds are a very in very good place for this just because they're the teams that generally have the best chance of playing four games. Particularly yep. this year when your two seeds are Buffalo and Dallas, who I think are the second best teams in those given conferences. So Dax, CD, Josh Allen, James Cook, very uh, attractive. Yeah. And so, and like, even if they lose in the championship round, they'll play three games. Yeah. And, the you know, the Ravens-Diners will play three games, assuming, you know, you think they go there as well. So then you're just like, well, who's going to score more in those three games as well? So I, I agree with you. I think the Cowboys and Bills, and you saw it there reflected in my rankings, uh, we'll put those up on uh, on NBCSports.com, RotorWorld.com, so you can go check those out uh, as well. But, uh, you know, those are teams and players to target. So after McCaffrey, Lamb, and Allen in the top three, they are followed by Dak Prescott, James Cook, Amon Ross St. Brown, Lamar Jackson, Tony Pollard, Isaiah Pacheco, Stephon Diggs, which takes us to... Rankings 11 to 20. Let's take a look here at the outside the top 10. 
And Give some people yep. do a playoff pool draft, and you can use this obviously for your playoff pool. But this is based on who I think goes the furthest, and you know, using some Vegas projections as well in terms of what they think is going to happen uh, uh, in the playoffs as well. So right, uh, we start getting into the running backs there at the top of the second round. Gibbs and Kyron Williams. Kelsey comes in at 13 for me. Brock Purdy at 14. Jake Ferguson, Debo Samuel. At number 17, it's Tyreek Hill. Kittle at 18. Brandon Ayuk at 19. And then finally, at number 20, is A.J. Brown. Again, we're assuming full health there, or at least that he'll healthy enough to play. All right, let's take a look at 20 through 30 here to round out the rest of our rankings for the fantasy Playoff format in one second. We will take a look, I promise. There we go. Number 21, Rasheed Rice. 22, Nico Collins. 23, Jalen Hurts. 24, Rashad White. Puka Nakua comes in at 25, followed by Devin Singletary at 26. Amari Cooper at 27. Patrick Mahomes at 28. Cooper Cup at 29, and the list is rounded out here, Matthew, by David Montgomery at 30. Yeah, I mean, like, again, some of these running backs, even though you think, you know, Singletary and Montgomery might be one and done, you don't know. There's certainly a chance that the Rams could get there as well. Um, you know, the, the fact is, is that there's just so few running backs. There's so many more wide receivers that if you're doing a draft, you can, you know, sort of uh, load up there uh, as well. So Jalen Hurts is an interesting one because even though – the Eagles have such a stench on their season now. Like, they're still three-point favorites against a pretty suspect Tampa Bay defense in round one. They win that, then they would go to likely San Francisco, uh, in which case that's a brutal matchup, but one you would expect where Hurts is going to have to be dropping back a ton. Like he was as bad of a season as it feels like Jalen Hurts had, at least at close. He's yeah. still the number two quarterback in fantasy. Like, he still produces on that front, so he's a guy who has a ton of upside. Well, and by the way, same with Amari Cooper. Again, if yeah. you think Cleveland beats Houston, you know, he should have a big game against Houston, and then they would likely go to Baltimore yeah. um, where they would, again, they'd have to probably throw quite a bit. You know, Amari Cooper just getting just a massive target share from Joe Flacco. All right, we're going to take one last break. When we're back, it's last call. Of course, we got props for you for the wild card weekend. Our best bets right after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this playoffs. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. 
Download the app and use the promo code Barry when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. Sportsbook. The, the crown, crown is yours. It is time for last call. Let's take a look at the most bet player props going into Wild Card Weekend. Yes, you see that right. Number one is Cade Otten receiving yards. What do they say about tight ends against the Eagles, Matthew Berry? Start your tight ends against the Eagles. Death taxes. Caught start on. your tight ends. The public yep. knows where the money's People, at. Yeah, Tyler exactly. Bass field goals made under one and a half. <laughs> Expect some snow up in and Buffalo. Wind. And wins. And they're following it with Chris Broswell. Field goals made under one and a half as well. The, I love the Bass-Boswell stack under, yeah. guys. Joe Flacco <laughs> passing touchdowns over one and a half. Isaiah Pacheco rushing attempts. That's one you hinted at, Matthew. I really like that. Although they're going I under, like the I would over, go over. Thousand percent. I'm shocked that the public is public. under yeah. it. Uh, Pacheco, is... I think, has had 20-plus touches in four of the last five games, as we said in the previous yeah. one. All right, they're Jay. They're smart enough to find Kate Otten, but, you know, they're taking right. the other <laughs> yeah, rushing Yeah, it's very, very odd. Yeah, they're a wrong turn. Jay, what do you got for us? So my best bet is Jerome Ford over 43-and-a-half rushing yards. And so okay. I think the market is a bit messed up because the market is counting on Houston's elite run defense. And the Browns, they couldn't run the ball against Houston when they played three weeks ago. And the Texans, they rank as a top-10 rushing defense all season. Problem is... They don't have any players left on their off- on their defensive line. And the ones they do, they're all banged up. Here are guys who didn't practice uh, this week. Will Anderson, Jonathan Grenard, Jerry Hughes, Sheldon, Sheldon Rankins is banged up. Malik Collins is banged up. Jonathan Taylor did whatever he wanted, and it's a number one running back going up against a really banged up uh, defensive line. So give me the over on Jerome Ford. I like, I like it. that. What about you? Give me the bucks. I'm taking uh, points or money line. I'm, no, I'm t- well, I actually do. I, I wouldn't mind taking them on the uh, on the money line there, but I'm going to say I'll take them plus three. I'll take the plus three just as a bet. But look, Buccaneers have won five of the last six games. This game's in Tampa Bay. Eagles have lost five of the last six games. They've lost three straight road games. Jalen Hurts definitely plays worse on the road than he does at home. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are both banged up as well. Their defense is brutal. They can't stop anyone on defense. Like, I just it feels like they're limping into the playoffs. And, you know, for the longest time they got away with it, and then they didn't. It all caught up to them. And so, uh, you know, yeah, Baker Mayfield is playing pretty good ball. Give me the Buccaneers plus three, and I definitely think I think there's a legit chance they win this game too. Yep. Huge for Baker Mayfield and that ankle to get that extra day's break and play on the Monday, which I think would be really key. All right, for me, guys, I'm going David Njoku, anytime touchdown, plus 160. Ooh, I like Blacko, that. he's throwing to two guys. It's Amari Cooper, who's a little banged up at the end yeah. of the season. It's David Njoku, who was phenomenal. Another thing here, Houston, yeah. not great against the tight end. This is a big opportunity for Njoku. Instead of going with the passing prop, which is going to be about minus 115, I believe it's at 53 and a half receiving yards, take the anytime touchdown at plus 160. I think Flacco throws two or three touchdowns in this game. Now, to be fair, Flacco does throw to a third person, and that's Derek Stingley Jr. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. He will be throwing to the opposition and he'll do it again. Well. Yeah, three <laughs> so, touchdowns, two interceptions. So you like over, half, over, over 0.5 interceptions for Joe Flacco. So I think against the Jets, Flacco over interceptions, and they were seven-point favorites. So it was set at like minus 210, right. which I don't unusable. believe I've ever seen a team that was a seven-point right. favorite. But that is the Joe Flacco experience. Right, that's it. Well, have a great trip to Houston. You Thank are in you for very- a great game. It's going to be a great wild-card weekend. Besides Bill Steelers, I think. <laughs> <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> it's honestly, it, it, to me, it's always – Wild Card Weekend is, like, usually the best sports weekend sure. of the year. It's, it's unbelievable. It's chaos. It'll be great. Bad weather. It'll be awesome. We're back on Monday. Obviously, Football Night in America, you'll see me. But we're back on Monday to break down everything. So, for Jay and Connor, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We'll see you on Monday. Peace out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.